Before we get started tonight, on behalf of the Dynasty Theory team, I would like to pay our respects to James Catullus, who unexpectedly passed away over the weekend. If you're on Twitter, you more than likely know James as James the Brain. He is one of the hosts of the Superflex Super Show over in the Dynasty League football. I've included the PayPal link on the episode description on both YouTube and the podcast feed. If you're able to, I ask that you make a donation, large or small, just to help his family out as much as, much as possible. If you do send us a screenshot and we will get you entered in one of our giveaways, not sure exactly what we're doing yet, but we will be doing something for everybody that makes a donation. You know, I've had nothing but great interactions with James. And even though we weren't close, Mitch and Dan, I, I shared this with you off the air. The the way he passed is actually the way that my dad passed 12 years ago. So if you can make a donation. I know that his family would be very appreciative to, to pay our respects. I would just like to take a moment of silence here for a few seconds, and then we'll uh, get the show kicked off tonight. Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football with your host, John Bauer. Looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory, a proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Bauer. You can find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. And today's episode is brought to you in part by my bookie. Winning season returns at my bookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. And winning season means insane player props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers. At my bookie, winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. Get in on the action. Use promo code THEORY and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. Designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. Use promo code theory and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. I'm joined by Dan Lamagna. That is at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's going on? What's going on tonight, Dan? I think I'm ready for some my bookie action. I'm coming off a, a pretty hot weekend here, JB and Mitch. You know, a, a Lakers buzzer beater took my team to two and zero. I'm ready for tonight's game, Cowboys miracle. You know, I, I'm not taking that for granted. And a winning week of DFS and dynasty, but. I am a little nervous here, man. I'm protecting my dynasty rosters from that sniper that came around uh, this past weekend. So, well, and we, we talked about this off the air, but the the injuries that pretty much wrote the show for us tonight. We had other things we wanted to talk about, but when we had the show notes, Mitch reached out to us and said, "Guys, I, we we got to talk about these injuries because there's a lot of short and longer term implications, and that's what we're going to dive into tonight." And of course. You already see his crisp hair over there, but that is Mitch Sorensen at DinoMC on Twitter. What's going on, Mitch? What's going on, guys? I've noticed during the intro that like my Utah accent kicks in because it's like wool because we don't pronounce anything correctly here. So instead of well, it's wool. Instead of like mountain, it's mountain. Just bugs me now that I hear it all the time. But you you make fun of the way I say words all the time. How are you gonna how are you gonna criticize me when I say toll? Because you could tell a difference like tool and toll. One's a tool, one's a toll. Toll, no. toll, toll, toll. Yeah. I say it all the same. Anyway, we gotta jump right into it because we, we ideally ideally we're gonna keep this at one hour. We'll see if I can keep myself from rambling tonight. But so many injuries, and I want to talk about, again, the short and long-term implications of all of these injuries, not just for these players, but the players around them. And the first one, probably the biggest injury, Saquon Barkley, another ACL injury. He is out for the season. Dan, what are your thoughts here? Because I, you're on Twitter, you're in league chats, everybody, not just talking about Saquon Barkley, they're talking about trades involving him. Mm -hmm. And I think he was on the block in pretty much every league today. So what are your thoughts overall on Saquon Barkley and just another you know, unlucky injury here? Yeah, I guess first my sympathies for all the Saquon Barkley owners out there. I know we all dread when your franchise player goes down like that so early in the season. 
Uh, that's a tough blow. As you guys know, I wish I had more draft capital put out there today to get into somebody's Barkley sweepstakes. So that maybe that's one of the disadvantages of me trading a lot of draft capital. It made it a little harder to to get into an offer uh, to be able to get Barkley. But I think you got to be patient. Um, you know, if I have Saquon Barkley, uh, I don't want to give him away cheap. You know how guys recover from ACLs this year. This is an elite bell cow running back that is, is very hard to come by. And I don't want to give that away. So you're even though he's out for the year, you're going to have to pay a premium to get that in my books. Now we'll get to Mitch as well, because I think we Mitch and I might have a different thought here, but you run down the list of running backs. Who would you be comfortable moving him for straight up today? So obviously, you know, McCaffrey, he's out possibly four to six weeks. I'm assuming you would move Barkley for McCaffrey. Yeah. I'd rather have McCaffrey. What about Zeke? Do I even have rather, to ask you that? Rather have Zeke. <laughs> you would have rather had Zeke all along. It didn't matter if there was any injury. Um, Alvin Kamara? Kamara, see, for me, JB, I'd rather have a lot of guys because I'm in contending now mode. Right. I mean, I'm just going to stick with my stud back. And, and even if Barkley next year is going to be better than probably some of these next guys you may approach – I'd rather these next guys. I'm. I looked at my rankings before the show, knowing you were going here, and I'm close to 20 deep. I, I'm not going to give away a back that's going to help me win a championship now to get Barkley. So no, no, no. But if you have Barkley, if if you had him, so I'm saying, would you move him for Alvin yeah. Kamara? Yeah, because Kamara's hot. I'd, I'd be over that all over that right now. And I think where it starts to get interesting, would you move him for somebody like Josh Jacobs? Yeah, he looks he looks great right now. Okay, then maybe it, we are young, gonna, high upside. Maybe we aren't going to vary too much. So, Mitch, what are your overall thoughts here on Saquon Barkley? Let's say you're rebuilding. Maybe maybe um, you're rebuilding and you don't have Saquon Barkley, and this presents a nice opportunity because somebody like Dan and myself, who always wants to be in contention. I moved Saquon Barkley earlier, and we'll talk about that here in a second. Yeah, I think the thought definitely is for people trying to acquire Saquon right now is you could probably do it for Miles Sanders to where three weeks ago that was never going to happen. But now Sanders had a good week last week. They look like they're going to give him the ball a lot. So I see like Barkley's attainable for Sanders right now. And if you're a rebuild, I mean, there's no better way to rebuild, especially if you're in a league to where draft picks are chosen by potential points. Then you get Barkley, he's on your bench, he doesn't mm -hmm. give you any points all year, and you still have that stud going into next year. But I will say, if you are rebuilding and you have him on your roster, don't trade him. Just don't. Like You either sell other pieces to try to compete if you want to, or you sell your older guys and you just keep Barkley. There is zero reason to move Barkley, especially for draft picks. The running backs coming out next year, there isn't one that holds a candle to even Nick Chubb. So let's just calm down and not trade Barkley for like a mid first round pick next year. And you stole the words out of my mouth because earlier in the league, and I even said in the chat, I don't like to ever comment on trades because one, it's kind of a mental thing. If people are constantly in the chat criticizing every single trade, guess what? Some people are going to be very reluctant to make a move. And I want I want that lead bumping. I want to see as many moves as possible. So typically, I'll say, nice trade. Or I won't say anything at all. But there was a situation earlier today. We saw Saquon Barkley get moved for what's going to be a mid to possibly late first in a third. And I mean, again, I jumped in the chat and I just said, I don't like to make comments, but what was that? Don't trade him away for picks. It doesn't make sense whatsoever. If you're a contender, sure, it makes sense to move him. McCaffrey, I see Joey's comment here. McCaffrey, Kamaris, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jonathan Taylor, Zeke. You could even make a case for Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs. And once you throw some quarterbacks in there, if there was a startup today, it might be 12th overall, 13th overall type situation. And I could see that being a realistic outcome. But there were plenty of players. And like I said, Dan, I thought we were going to vary a little bit. But once we started working through that list, we were on the same exact page. Yeah, if, I, if I'm a contender, I think the key in the running back I get back is I need to know he's going to be a stud next year too. 
All right, I'm going for the win this year, and I just don't want to regret it next year. So all those guys, your name, and I'd even put in Aaron Jones there, guys. I went into this offseason saying, hey, he's a guy that I think could be really good. He's got a chip on his shoulder, and it's materializing. Like, he is back. He's a stud again. So I'd add him to that list, too. I am so glad that you brought him up. One, I mean, we we even talked about it. We, we were on that narrative train. There's going to mm-hmm. be some touchdown regression. Aaron Jones says, what is regression? He has been a monster, and especially this week, just went off. The only thing that would make me slightly hesitant is that contract. I would like to see an extension, but I honest, I, I think we might see it. We haven't seen any A.J. Dillon, and I know we're getting a little sidetracked here from Saquon Barkley and the injury and what we would be doing with him, but Aaron Jones, I, I've gone – it's been a complete 180 – I have been I, on that train now, and and we've had people in our listener league. Sorry, Dan, we've had people in our listener leagues who have been on Aaron Jones since day one, and we were in there. I always be, you know, uh, egging them on. Oh, that, you know, fifteen yards this week, but now I'm completely on board. I mean, rightfully so. I think all, all three of us and a, a lot of us in the, the fantasy fo- football business here were just apprehensive because of what Green Bay did in the draft. You know, their moves in the offseason said, "Hey, you know, slow up," and I want to digress and talk about Green Bay for just a minute here. They look good. What was that draft? How much better could they be if they didn't take Dylan and a backup quarterback? Like uh, I'm scratching my head this weekend after two and zero. And a tight end. Their first three picks haven't played. Like they've had like ten snaps total. Let me ask. Let me ask a question because this popped into one of our league chats, Mitch and Dan. I don't believe you're in that league. But there was a tweet from somebody, and I forget who it was, but it basically said, if the Green Bay Packers win the Super Bowl, does it make that Jordan Love pick worthwhile? Maybe uh, I, I don't want to say they went in thinking, oh, this is a motivation tactic, because I, I don't want to give Matt LaFleur too much credit and, and that organization. But what if they do win the Super Bowl? Does it? I, I don't want to say it justifies the pick, but I do think it makes it more tolerable. You know, unless this is a team that's maybe knew something we didn't, you know, maybe this coach is a genius here and they knew they had a Super Bowl contending lineup and maybe they drafted for depth. You know, we're seeing guys dropping like flies right now. Second half of the season, someone goes down, you have depth at some key positions. Again, I'm just throwing something out there because <laughs> I'm wondering what could have been if they drafted otherwise. Right. Uh, Mitch, do you have anything else on Barkley? I know we got a little sidetracked here, but, you know, like I said, Aaron Jones, if he had a new contract today, I would be very interested. Yeah, Jones would still be up there for me. But I mean, to sum all this up for everybody out there, if you're rebuilding, you have him, don't move him. If you're a contender, try to get a good back for him. And that would just be the way that I attack it right now. One trade that I made, and we always try to avoid this because Mitch and I, we always talk and Dan as well. Nobody cares about the trades we make. Nobody wants us to sit here and dissect, well, you know, this week, this is the trade that John made. Nobody cares. But the trade that I made today, I think I put myself in a good situation. I made some other moves as well, but I moved Saquon Barkley and Austin Hooper in one of the safe leagues where you get two PPR for tight ends for Derrick Henry, who has the new contract, and Evan Ingram, who might see a slight uptick here with additional targets that Saquon Barkley's out. Yes, they did sign Devontae Freeman, who is, you know, he can catch the ball. But I do think that maybe we see an uptick there in the receiving core in Evan Ingram. Now, I want to ask you guys a question. His rookie deal technically is up after 2021. He has had back-to-back season-ending injuries. If you go back to his college years, he's had multiple ankle injuries. I don't know if he just has weak ankles. He didn't have enough milk growing up. I don't know what the situation was. <laughs> he, he, he didn't take his vitamins. I, you know, listening to the Hulkamaniacs out there, you know, as Hulk Hogan used to say. But, you know, is there any concern? What if they don't extend him? What if they don't offer that fifth-year option? Back-to-back injuries here. I know we saw it with Dalvin Cook as well, but I do think it's just a question I want to raise. Yeah, they have time to see how he bounces back from this ACL. You know, he'll, he'll rehab. I'm sure the doctors will let him know how surgery's going. Rehab will progress. He's a beast. I, I think you're, you're their situation as the Giants. You've got a guy that's just a man-child. You have the draft capital invested in him. He's a fan favorite. He's, you know, a choir boy off the field. I think he just checks all the boxes. So I'm going to say, no, JB, I wouldn't be worried. But – 
you know, I mean, there's still concerns for the Giants, you know, long term. You know, I think they're going to invest the money, but they have to be a little bit worried between the in- injury history. He's still not pass blocking that great. I, I know we don't want to talk about pass blocking, but, you know, as far as being a well-rounded back, I mean, New York Giants still have some question marks. And that offensive line, they're not doing them any favors. You look at adjusted line yards, they are last at 1.61. Next closest, 49ers, 3.33. That is a huge discrepancy and gap there between the Giants and the 49ers. This is after they made some improvements, and they're still not gelling. So hopefully we see some things here as the season progresses. It gives us a little more positive outlook on Saquon Barkley. But Mitch, just a minute ago, I think you summed it up perfectly for our listeners. What you should be looking to do here with Saquon Barkley. Now, this next player, well, team, I guess, Mitch, Oh, I don't want to hear one negative word from you on this player, but Drew Locke, (laughs) he is set to miss some time. The shoulder injury, Jeff Driscoll leading that offense overall, not on Drew Locke because he's going to be back. He's going to be the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. But Mitch, how does this impact the rest of the team? And then, yes, there was a Cortland Sutton injury out for the year. We'll get that in a second. I think the Cortland Sutton one is the one that actually matters because I think Driscoll playing quarterback, the fantasy implications for the other guys, I don't really think Locke being in there is that much different than Driscoll being in there. This isn't me hating Drew Locke at all. If it was Driscoll taking over for Sam Darnold right now, I would feel the exact same. But, I mean, moving forward, like, Fant is – I have him top five right now. I didn't – before the season, I had him and Hawkinson neck and neck, probably around the eight or nine area. Fant is top five easy, and I could see an easy case for making him tight end four in Dynasty. Yeah. I mean, we don't have the I, – I think right now I still have Evan Ingram as my tight end four, like we've talked about all offseason. But Noah Fant, he doesn't have that that injury history. Although I love Evan Ingram, there is that concern there. But Noah Fan, if you look at the changes in the, um, you know, his target share and what he did from week one when there was no Cortland Sutton to week two when there was a little bit of Sutton and then all of a suddenly he was out. <laughs> Come on, that was that was pretty. It went right, it went right over Mitch's head. But I, I completely agree. And this isn't a because we've had the conversation. Noah Fan, T.J. Hawkinson. I love Hawkinson. I, I actually, I've loved what I've seen so far. So this isn't like a, oh, I was right on Noah Fant. It's just he's getting thrown into a really good situation now where Cortland Sutton's out. And I actually, I have no Jerry Judy, but I think he is going to be so heavily involved. He looked really good against the Steelers. You know, yeah, he, he had a few drops over the last two weeks, but that, that kid is a stud. And initially, we were going to talk about the rookie wide receivers tonight. I'm sure Jerry Judy was going to be talked about a lot. But Fant, Judy, Hamler, I don't have any Hamler across my dynasty portfolio, which is quite extensive. And that's a kid that I think is going to have an opportunity here to shine unless Tim Patrick really edges him out. Dan, what are your thoughts here on this offense? What do we see here? Quote and sent out for the year. Drew Locke missing a couple weeks. I think they're going to reevaluate in two weeks. You know, we've talked a lot about Locke in the past, but I think one of the reasons optimism did grow for him, no matter where you kind of stood with him, was that offense, was all those weapons that they built around him, and, and they're showing the direction they're going in, and it's coming through. You know, Judy's a stud. Uh, Fant looks awesome. We talked about how's the tight end rankings going to play out. He, he's solidifying himself in there, and uh, it, it's a shame Cortland Sutton's out right now, and it's a shame Drew Locke is because Denver's really in an evaluating mode. They're like that fringe roster that wants to contend, and there's some talent to keep them in games, but I think it's a roster that can't afford these injuries. You know, you, you can get by with Driscoll for a little while. I think, you know, if you're playing fantasy football and you're looking for a free agent pickup this week, hey, I, I, I take Driscoll where you need him, you know, to hold you for a few weeks, depending on your quarterback situation. You know, in, being a in, in super flex formats. Super flex formats, yeah. You need two quarterbacks, you know, if, if lock, if that injury, dra- you know, goes on a little longer. Like if you have lock and you're in super flex and you want to pick up his backup, there you go, JB. Driscoll could hold you for a few weeks, no problem. And th- this comes from a Cowboy fan who knows a lot about backup quarterbacks just killing your season pre-DAC when uh, Romo went down. I know the value of not having one. And Mitch 
got to see Driscoll last year as a Lions fan, man. I mean, he shows he could do it. So I think the offense isn't going to really take much of a dip. They lose a little bit of time to develop and evaluate Drew Locke because I think there is a decision here at the end of the year, depending on the quarterback free agent market. I like to think they're invested in this guy, but he's still got to grow in it and develop. So it's a little bit of a bummer. You know, it puts a little more pressure on Judy and Fant and those guys. Sutton just kind of opened everything up. So I'm a little bit bummed, but it is what it is right now. And we haven't touched on it. And Mitch, you might have something to say, but I'll throw it over to you in a second. I thought you kind of leaned in. You said whenever you oh, lean sorry, in. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Yeah. If you don't want to talk, Mitch, just kind of go off the screen now. Um, but we haven't talked about Philip Lindsay because it happened in week one, but that kind of opens things up for Melvin Gordon. He had a solid game against the Steelers and that Steelers defense. I, I ripped them apart last year. Dan, you remember Mitch, you remember that they look solid. They look really good. And I would put them up there one, two, three in terms of defensive rankings, but you know, Melvin Gordon, he actually showed out a little bit and looked good at times. So I think with Philip Lindsay being out, Cortland Sutton, that's going to open some things up in the passing game. And now you have Dres Jeff Driscoll coming out. Maybe Melvin Gordon's able to get involved over the next few weeks a little bit more in the passing game. But one last thing I want to say on uh, Jeff Driscoll, he was only kept clean in the pocket on 46% of dropbacks last week. That ranked 33rd. Yes, 33rd. They're on 33 teams. That was, um, and then he ended up being sixth in adjusted completion percentage when he was kept clean. So if that offensive line picks up a little bit here over the next few weeks and they're not facing that very stout Pittsburgh Steelers defense, maybe Jeff Driscoll can actually be remotely competent. He wasn't terrible against the Steelers by any means, but they got to, you know, keep him clean there in the pocket. Um, you know, normal. Normally, Mike Munchak, offensive lines, mm -hmm. you know, being a Steeler fan, they get better as the season goes along, JB. So, you know, you're, you're getting me thinking about like sneaky DFS plays here, but it really comes down to how much Jerry Judy could continue to evolve because he has to be the man now in that offense. You know, keep the pressure off Fant, give Hamler a chance to, you know, get the ball and flash here and there. But I'm still worried long-term about their weapons. But you're all right. Melvin Gordon, he does look really good. Last two weeks, he's really passed the eye test. And from fantasy output, he's done – he actually has exceeded my expectations. I had to throw him in a few lineups, and I was very happy with what he threw out there in, in a few of my lineups. Now, before we move on, I do want to cut away for one minute and have a word from our sponsor. The 2020 fantasy football season is finally upon us, and due to quarantine, guys, it's very possible that you might have Ezekiel Elliott's haircut in your pants. And that's exactly why our partners over at Manscaped want to make sure you don't gamble on shaving your balls the same way you like to gamble on football. When it comes to men's hygiene, Manscaped is as good and safe as Christian McCaffrey in a PPR league. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. No one likes an ungroomed set of feet, fingers, and most importantly, balls. That's why they have forever changed the grooming game with the Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with the new and improved lawnmower, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for some of your liquid formulations, and that includes the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. You're going to get the Shed Travel Bag and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. So go over to manscaped.com, use code THEORY20, get 20% off and free shipping, Again, that's code THEORY20 for 20% off and free shipping over at manscaped.com. Go check it out. You're going to love it. Now, before we move on, I don't want to keep bringing it up, but I do know that we have a few extra people in the chat right now. Or if you're listening on the podcast feed, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, maybe you picked up in the middle of the episode. But to kick off tonight's show, we did talk um, and we paid our respects to the, the passing of James Catullus from the Superflex Super Show over on Dynasty League Football. I threw the link to the PayPal account in the episode description. It's going to be on the podcast feed as well. If you were able to make any donation, you know, I, I don't want to think about what his family, what his wife, what they're going through. But if you're able to make any donation, we haven't figured it out yet, but we'll be doing a few giveaways. If you send us a screenshot, any donation, whether it's $5, $50, I don't care. We'll be doing some giveaways for our listeners that are able um, able to help out. Because, again, I put myself in in that situation, and I would want 
my family to be helped out as much as possible. So, um, um, you know, uh, next up, Christian McCaffrey, four to six weeks, not end of the season. He's going to be back. But Mitch, what are your thoughts here? Is I, I I'll get into it in a second here. But what are your thoughts here from a dynasty perspective? So I look at it. It's a four week injury is how I'm looking at it. I figure he'll be back within four weeks. So what I did is every league that I had him in, I just went and looked at my schedule. I went look the next four weeks, and if I felt comfortable, if I could go one and three or two and two with the opponents that I'm facing, I'm not moving him. I'm not making a second guess about it. You know, maybe I'll go try to get Mike Davis or some other free agent back. Maybe I mean we'll bring him up later, but Wilson from San Francisco. And just play it out from there because just because he's injured for four weeks doesn't mean you need to like sell him off your team. I don't fully understand it right now. But so I'm trying to pick him up in every league that I could. I went through and I tried, but the problem is McCaffrey, like everyone who has him, they're already contenders in the first place. And so trading him someone young doesn't really work. You need to trade them someone that's good. And if you do that, then you're making your team worse for those next four weeks. And so I think it's really league specific if you could actually go out there and make the deal to acquire him. So then in four weeks, you know, you could be that much ahead of everybody else. For me, the only situation it makes sense to really unload and acquire him is if you're rebuilding. Well, you know, it's tough to say rebuilding because we're only two weeks in and we already saw. We don't know what the heck is going to happen this season. But let's say that, you know, you can kind of look at your league and if you're at the bottom in points scored after two weeks, maybe you have several solid veterans that you could unload. And if the Christian McCaffrey manager is somebody that you know, I know that Dan is a win now guy. I know that. And I know that he needs running back help over the next four to six weeks. If that's the timeline, I think that we might be able to make something work, whatever that may be. Like you said, Mitch, it's going to be league specific, but I might throw a package together and say, Dan, listen, I'm not contending this year. Look at the crap lineup I have. But I know you are. I know you put together a championship contender. Let's help each other out. Of course, I'm not going to use that salesman pitch, but if it's Dan, I might throw a few lines out there. Dan, what are your, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts here on Christian McCaffrey? I'm not like your take there, JB. I think you got to reach out to owners. You know, hey, throw that spaghetti at the wall, see if it sticks. Uh, you, you never know. We talk about different perceptions, different owners. You know, I think Mitch had a you know a successful run at a McCaffrey share this week, so it's definitely worth going after if you have them. There's no way on earth I'm trading them. I do have them in one league, and, and it really stings right now. Uh, the one specific league that I'm thinking of, I think I have a couple McCaffrey shares, but one league like he was an anchor to my team. I'm not as strong at receiver. I'm like awesome running backs so like mitch said i'm looking okay four weeks how am i surviving right now i just got to wither the storm here and get through it and hopefully if you have mike davis I, i'm not sure if i do or not in this league i'm getting my leagues confused I'm trying to keep up with you guys i have too many teams but um you know mike davis eight catches 74 yards last week i think smart owners who had mccaffrey wanted to get his handcuff and if you were paying attention he was the backup pretty much going into the season, going into last week. They said they want to get him the ball more, and they did, and now McCaffrey's out. So, you know, if he's on your waiver wire, that's where my fab's going to Mike Davis. If you get him in a small deal, but you got to just get something to hold you over if you don't have the running back depth. Get a Mike Davis, get a Jarek McKinnon, get somebody to help you out. Right. Yeah, there's no need to make a big move, and we've seen it. We've seen it in multiple leagues. We've seen it on Twitter, people posting polls. They're panicking, and Christian McCaffrey – don't panic. Just hang on to him. He is, he was the 101 in even super flex formats in most situations throughout this offseason. So, yes, four to six weeks. We know that for the most part, he's a durable back, but of course, he's dinged up a little bit now. But Dan, you brought up Mike Davis 4.62 yards per route run in week two. That was second only behind Aaron Jones out of all the running backs. Was it game dependent? You know, I unfortunately didn't get to see much of that game. So I don't know, you know, how the defense was really playing there. But Davis only ran 16 routes and had eight targets. Mitch, even you can do that math. That's a 50% target share there. You know, so was it game script that was to his advantage? I'm not sure. But we're going to talk about this shameless plug a little bit on Fantasy Football Confidential tomorrow night, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But Mike Davis, I think he is my 101 
in terms of waiver waiver wire acquisitions. Yeah, this team's going to throw. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, 33 for 42 last week. Teddy Bridgewater, guys, threw for 367 yards. Now, it's a shame he threw two interceptions and Carolina still stinks. But for fantasy, that Carolina not being good, I, I think you're going to see a lot of that this year. I mean, that they've got to pass. All right. So I actually disagree a little bit on the Mike Davis thing. I think he's going to be in for work. But look at the schedule for the next four weeks. They play the Chargers at the Chargers. That Chargers defensive line is going to, like, Teddy might not make it out of that game sort of thing. Cardinals defensive line, extremely good as well. Then they get the Falcons. He'll be okay in that game. And then they play the Bears. So what week are you ever going to feel okay? All right, Dan, go ahead. We know he can't run. I agree with you there, Mitch. Carolina is not going to have much of a running game, but he's going to get eight to ten targets in these games i think they're going to keep dumping off to mike davis that is like lsu light there with the talent that they have trying to throw the ball at and you excited me with that atlanta one that's where the challenge really comes in because they're a funnel defense where they he might have 15 catches against the atlanta falcons there the way they their defense runs so uh, and the there's the, the arizona game is going to be a high scorer chargers uh you know but if he gets the catches in the yards i'll take that let me ask one more question before we move on and Mitch, I want to start with you. Is there any concern? Again, I'm just asking the questions. I, I tweeted this earlier and I I got ratioed a little bit. It wasn't, it wasn't crazy, but it was one of the first times I kind of got ratioed. And there were much more, many more comments than likes, you know. But if you want to hit that like button, that's fine too. But is there any concern? He's out four to six weeks, and I know he says he wants to come back sooner, but let's say that he's not Superman. Let's say that he's out six weeks. Let's say the Panthers are 0-8. Is there any incentive for them to say, yeah, McCaffrey, yeah, Christian, get back out there? See, like, it would make sense. Like The smart thing to do would be to keep him out. It's not going to happen. We saw it previous years with Atlanta to where Atlanta was horrible. They had Julio Jones out there in week 16, you know, running routes for absolutely no reason. But... The coaches just play to win, and the players aren't willing to just sit on the bench either and let someone else go and get the carries. They're just, they're so competitive and they're in that position for that reason. So I just, I don't see it happening, even though I think it would be this, you know, the best thing to do. Yeah. I'm not trying to get too high on Mike Davis either, Mitch, but my other, I guess, quote, concern with Carolina is they have no one behind them. Trenton Cannon is their next running back, and he had zero anything last week. So I don't Maybe. know if there's anyone ready behind him. Maybe Reggie Bonifant. I know he was kind of a hype piece over the offseason. Maybe he gets thrown in there. Um, so we do have one trade question, but before that, I have to drop this in there because somebody just asked it. We're talking about the Panthers. Does Ian Thomas finally make an appearance? Mike wants to know. And nope. sadly, Mike, I said in the chat, I know people, if you're listening to the podcast feed, you can't see the chat, but I said, God, I hope so. You know, just like myself on the golf course just like if i'm trying to play baseball this one might be a massive swing and miss because ian thomas i've put him in my lineups because we play a lot of two ppr tight end leagues and this guy man it doesn't seem like it's gonna happen am i gonna just move him off my dynasty rosters no but he's not gonna sniff my starting lineup over the next few weeks guys do you have anything else different there i, I think that's a I think it's a good example, JB, of you know one of those offenses that we just didn't know what it was going to bring for the tight end position. And unfortunately, in the Ian Thomas case, you know last year in that offense, he looked good like a young tight end with potential. But in this offense, he just doesn't seem like a fit. Real quick, did you guys see that Bruce Arians quote about tight ends this week? Someone asked him about Gronk running routes or something. He was like, why would we do that? We have wide receivers. I like there's that. just – some coaches who don't care about throwing the tight end. I mean, we just have to live with it at this point. Here, uh, I, I've seen I've seen your name, and I don't know if it's Ian Owen. I'm, I think it might be Owen, but Owen says sold Josh Allen and James White plus my full fab, and God knows I'm all about moving fab for Lamar Jackson or Raheem Mostert. I how. I, how do you I, score that? I, I, I love Josh Allen. I love Josh Allen. I am all aboard that hype train. But yes, and please in the chat, is it is it pronounced Owen? Please let me know because I, 
you know, I, I want to get the, the name correct here. But Joey also has a trade, and this is different from what he dropped in earlier because they added a second. But Michael Thomas plus Chase Edmonds plus a 2021 second for Jared Goff, Jalen Rager, 2021 first, and a 2021 second. And I, I, again, I'm assuming this is going to be a 12-team super flex. But um, Dan, what are your thoughts here? Michael Thomas, Chase Edmonds, 2021 second, Goff, Rager, 2021 first, 2021 second. Right now, I like the direction the Rams and Goff are trending in. So if you get super flex and you just scored yourself a quarterback, that's a, that's very valuable. Rager, you know, he's flashing upside. He should only get better. And that that 2021 first, that takes me over the top there. I, I'm a, hopefully, that could be something really nice for you. So, you know, well, you're going to miss Mike Thomas, but, you know, the expectation is Rager becomes a stud and you got yourself a nice deal. Yeah, I – it kind of ruins my take that I have about Michael Thomas later, but Drew Brees <laughs> isn't good. Like, I'm sorry. He doesn't look good anymore. He can't make the throws that he needs to do. So within 10 or 15 yards, you know, he's the quarterback that he used to be. And so that offense really scares me. And moving forward, say Brees is even goes back to his old things this year. Next year, is it going to be Taysom Hill? It really looks like it's going to be Taysom Hill. I think it should be Jameis Winston. <clears throat> I think it's going to end up being Taysom Hill. And if that happens, I don't want a wide receiver on that team. I don't want a player on the Saints if Taysom Hill's the quarterback. I so, think they're going to evaluate Hill, Winston. Don't you just believe in Sean Payton? Like we've seen this in Breeze in the last couple of years where he gets those little lulls or off games and he does well. I mean, I think Michael Thomas is still going to be a stud. His but, arm's falling off each year, though. Every it year it keeps right, falling off. Guys, I don't want to interrupt, but Joe, <laughs> Joey drops another comment. So I would be the one gaining Michael Thomas I and moving Goff. Don't he do also, it. Don't he do also it. has Stafford, Dak, and Wentz. Yep. Trade Wentz. Or Keep Stafford. Off. No. All right. Well, so so Dan, might be on a different team. Dan and Mitch, they're still saying stick with the, the Goff-Rager first and second there. And, you know. The, the other guy's cursing us out now, Mitch. He's like, I know. shut up. <laughs> Um, we're going to drop one more here, um, from Yan Wu Yong. And again, I, I apologize if I butchered that. I, I was trying to maneuver on Owen's name earlier, but who's your priority? Mike Davis, Jarek McKinnon, Daryl Henderson, Devonte Freeman and half PPR. I'm assuming this is a redraft league, but guys real quick, who would you take? Who's your top guy there? Freeman, Henderson, Davis, McKinnon. I'm going to say McKinnon, Davis, Henderson, Freeman. I don't know. I, I, I could see Mitch's case for Freeman, though. I mean, the Giants still have a good offense, but I don't know. Barkley wasn't even uh, – I'm going to stand by my, my picks. That <laughs> schedule loosens up a little bit. They had, they had the Steelers and Chicago defense first two weeks of the season, and the next few weeks are going to be tough, but I do think Freeman eventually gets the work. Uh, I'm also going Freeman – so I, I think we just made that as muddy as water, but um, I, I love McKinnon, but most of it is going to come back and then, no, uh, and then eventually it's a rotation again. I butcher sayings all the time. Muddy is water. Clear as mud is what I meant to say. Muddy, muddy is water. That's not maybe the water's really turbid. That's not a freaking expression though. Uh, clear as mud. There you go. All right. Uh, let's rattle through this one pretty quickly because we do have a few more players. We want to get through 49ers. Everybody's hurt. Is there an issue with the turf? I think that's the main question. But Raheem Mostert, four to six weeks, MCL sprain. And this is what we've read. This isn't uh, fake Dr. John's diagnosis here. I don't know if anybody wants me diagnosing them with any medical condition. But Raheem Mostert, four to six weeks, MCL sprain. Tevin Coleman, knee, multiple weeks. Jimmy Garoppolo, week to week. Kittle, he's banged up. Debo, he's still on IR. Injuries all over the defensive side of the ball. Dan, what are, what are we looking at here at the 49ers? We're looking at a Super Bowl hangover right, right. now. And a, an athletic trainer whose job's probably on the hot seat there is, is they are having some issues. Uh, you know, most are four to six weeks. I mean, don't give up on him. I mean, he looked just awesome. I mean, he, the last two weeks, he's ripped off some runs. He looks like a beast. He's coming off a, you know, a great Super Bowl. I think, he, you know, you, you probably got to be patient there. Take McKinnon now. He looks great. I don't know if Jeffrey Wilson gets a, a few carries. You know how the Niners use backs, but McKinnon's the way to go until uh, he comes back. 
Tevin Coleman's out multiple weeks. Mitch, uh, I'll be interested to see what your take is on this. But I like McKinnon going into this season, Mitch. You don't like McKinnon? How don't you like McKinnon? You're going to have to explain that one to me there. Uh, I I think it's McKinnon time. And Garoppolo's week to week. You know, I almost feel bad for Jimmy G because the Niners were another one of those offenses going into the season. It's like, man, Tebow's going to be a stud. Kittle's, you know, regression. He's going to get more touchdowns. They got all these running backs. They draft Ayuk. And then all of a sudden they all drop like flies. And now all of a sudden Jimmy Garoppolo's just not that shiny toy anymore. But I think if you're patient, Kittle's going to come back. Debo's going to come back and hopefully stay healthy. Eventually the running backs come back and Garoppolo could finish this season strong. But you really got to be patient with these Niners for the next few weeks. Mitch, right. You threw the Sorry. flag, Mitch. Yeah, M- Mitch, you whipped the This one's for Mitch. I did. I did. So, okay, here's my issue with McKinnon. Like, he's a better talent than Jeffrey Wilson without a shot of a doubt. I don't know if they're going to be willing to give him more than 15 touches a game. That's something that I'm going to be really worried about. But I know Wilson last year got a lot of red zone work before he got injured because 49ers backs just get injured. I guess that's just how it is. And so I would actually, right now I went and looked through all 40 of my leaks. McKinnon is available on zero waiver wires. And so you're going to have to go out and trade for him. Right. Jeffrey Wilson, on the other hand, is available in over 50% of my leaks. So yeah, so earlier today I came in and I made a pretty sizable fab budget for him because that's someone I can attain. And if he's there for three weeks, that's who I'll have because I think it could easily be a 50-50 split. And then, you know, McKinnon could probably run two catches for 70 yards and get a couple scores out of it. But it's just kind of hedging your bet a little bit on the price to acquire and how many fantasy points are going to put out each week. I think they're going to be really negligible, so I'd rather just go with the cheaper guy in Wilson. Now, what about Jamichael Hasty? He was, he, he, again, he was one of those guys as a sleeper people were talking about. He got cut, cut but he got cut. I, th- I believe that he got signed to the practice squad, and then uh, he's probably going to be called up here. I mean, call, again, I'm called up. We're not playing. We're not playing baseball here. We're we're calling players up from the minors. But I, I just think that's somebody that maybe to keep your eye on, Jared I'm McKinnon. Almost- JB, I am almost positive he's on someone else's practice squad. Is he? Because I'm, I, I, like, I still saw it on Twitter earlier today. If you're in the chat, is Jamichael Hasty a 49er? Because, well, while we're looking that up real quick, I'll make one other point about the 49ers that I wanted to talk about earlier. That passing game is complete garbage. Like, there is no one on that passing game I want besides Kittle. And even when Debo comes back, I don't want okay. Debo. John's right. They did end up protecting him there. So the report a few hours ago, two weeks ago, he was caught, but they did get him back. But it, I'm going to give Mitch the challenge win. JB, you, you get extra bonus points for for looking at the deep dive at Hasty there. I still do like McKinnon, but I, yeah, Jeffrey I like Wilson, it. isn't he like Adam Levitan's like a team all preseason? Like, you know, uh, there's, is, there's, there's yeah. some talent there for sure. And I just, I believe in Shani. I, I think you just, if you have a Niners running back that's decent, give him a shot. Yeah, that's the funny thing about this offense is I could care less who the quarterback is really, but the running game, I want whoever the running back is. I don't care if it's someone they you know found on the street and then brought him in the same game. I'll have him in every lineup if I can. Did you guys see earlier today, and I, I read the blurb. I did not read the actual article or the quotes, but there's a possibility that Kittle and Garoppolo don't play this week. Yeah. Because so the the um, the turf at MetLife. Hey, Nick Mullins is legit too, man. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know, is he in it? Just product of Shanahan's system, guys that look good, and he just finds a way to manufacture points. But Mullen looked good last year. It would be the smart thing to do is just sit him. I mean, really, what's the point? One game isn't going to tank their season, and it's the Giants. They could end up winning with Mullen. <laughs> right. True. Now, now before we move on, I do want to bring up something. I actually had multiple people reach out to me and Mitch, I showed this to you and you kind of were laughing. I had multiple people reach out over the last week and said, JB, you seem like you've been irritable on the show. You've been getting a little testy with Dan and Mitch. Is everything okay? And this is not an exaggeration. It's not a joke. I did have people reach out to me and I was sitting here thinking, I was like, I I jokingly say, Oh, if you had a deal with these two, you'd be doing the same thing. But I was like, what's changed over the last few weeks? This is the first time in three months we have had no guests. And 
I, that I started thinking about, I was like, okay, when we have a guest on, I'm not going to start, hey, Dan, or Mitch. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that, that, yeah. That, that I'm going, you're so, you're, so in other words, you're saying you do have self-control when you need it. It's You behave when we have guests on. It's rare. It is very <laughs> rare, but I, I can behave. But yeah, when it's the three of us, I kind of let loose a little bit. But yes, I promise to all of our listeners, nothing is wrong. It, as much as I can, love Dan and Mitch. But yeah, we're going to get a little <laughs> fired up. We're going to get a little rattled, especially when these two fools don't listen to me and I have to raise my voice a little bit. But we, we have a few players we want to rattle off. And just real quick, any quick-hitting dynasty, short-term, long-term impact, whether it's them or the team around them, just a, a quick thought here. And Mitch, for all of these, let's start with you, and we'll bounce to Dan immediately after. A.J. Brown. Overdrafted. How's that for quick? More than likely, looking at this offense, Dan was right about Johnu Smith. He looks amazing. Corey Davis looks really good. I mean, Derrick Henry is getting catches out of the backfield. A.J. Brown, unless he has those games like he had last year to where he gets four catches, 85 yards, and two scores, he's going to be overdrafted at this point. Dan? Yeah, I'm happy to see the Titans take that little offensive jump. You know, we talked about weeks ago. Um, they're evolving. A.J. Brown still love him, but, you know, he's in that class of receivers we talked about, you know, the McLaurins, the Marquise Browns, Metcalf, although Metcalf's really, really rising. You know, the only way I would move him is if I get one of those guys because then, yeah, I get one or two, you know, extra good games this year, but it is what it is. A.J. Brown's still a stud, but if you can get someone in that same tier that's healthier, maybe i do that. I'm going to say his name correctly this week because he freaking earned it. Jonu Smith has been a stud in two PPR tight end premium leagues. He is tight end three. Yes, it's two weeks in, and unfortunately, I don't have many shares. So this isn't me like touting him saying, oh, I told you so. No, and I hate to say it, but Dan told you so. He said, Jonu Smith, get him. And I, I said no. And it's one of the rare times that I was wrong, but Dan, I give you props. And another player that I think I was a little bit wrong on Ryan Tannehill has looked good. He actually has looked really good. And I thought maybe last year was a little bit of a fluke. We didn't know the volume in that offense, but he's looked good. Corey Davis is actually, Devon he must've hung out with Devonte Parker over the off season. You know, you know, with John, it's a combination of like the film study and the coaching game plans just meshing, you know, so I'm happy that one panned out for Tannehill. You know, I, I, look what a good coaching staff does. Isn't it great when you get away from Adam Gase? <laughs> you know, like he just comes in, he gets away from that dysfunctional Miami team, goes to Tennessee to a very well coached team and they're producing timeout. Mike right. is Mike is dropping it right here in this chat. And he's like me. I remember tweets from April, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to retweet this eventually. Mike says, <laughs> and this had to be on our hot take episode. It Mike, correct that. me if I'm wrong. He says, you guys gave me a zero out of 10 for my Corey Davis outscores AJ Brown take. Hashtag premature victory lap. Hey, Mike, I'm all about, well, I was going to say premature, but I'm all about the, the early victory laps. And God knows I did it on Twitter, especially this weekend. So, Mike, I give you mad props so far. Now, it gets skewed a little bit because of the injury, but um, I'm going to bump that up to a 7 out of 10. Can I do that? Kudos to Mike there. But, you know, JB, Mitch, he's got to give us some credit. I mean, we've just been stung really bad by Corey Davis, you know. So it's just, you know, we, we haven't gotten over those those L's we were dealt years ago. And again, but my, and again. But, but Mike, I do appreciate you bringing that up because as of now, we were completely wrong. And yes, we we sing our praises every once in a while, but we have no issue talking about our misses. And that actually might be a miss here in 2020. With everything going on, it doesn't surprise me that Corey Davis would actually be having a productive season. Mitch, Paris Campbell, we had such hopes for him. And I say we, the whole community here, the fantasy community, what are your thoughts now on Paris Campbell? I think... Dan and I are going to disagree a little bit on this, but Paris Campbell moving forward, he's just a guy for me now. Sadly enough, he's in a great position. We don't know if Phillip Rivers is going to be there next year. But as far as this offense goes, give me the tight ends in Doyle or Moali Cox. But besides that, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, of course. But I don't really want a wide receiver. I think Dan's going to bring one up. But 
Phillip Rivers and wide receivers this year. They just don't look good outside of Campbell. Dan? Because I'm actually, I think I'm going to agree with Dan here to an extent. I don't know. John, if you would indulge me here as I get my tissue box. <laughs> and I know I'm going to talk DFS for a minute. But this week in the DFS Million Maker, my lineup finished 555. 555 out of 255,000 people. And I had Paris Campbell. So I'm a little mad at Paris Campbell right now, if you could understand that. You know, him and the Dolphins. How dare did, he? Did me, did, did me dirty, man. But uh, MCL, PCL, he's out indefinitely. I mean, he's a fast dude. I'm sure he'll recover. But uh, I might just be slightly above just a dude with Mitch. Um, but I'm probably going to hold the resentment like I did Nick Foles last year. So he's dead to me. Yeah, I'm not sure where these players, they, they, they come off here and get injured. You have to realize if you're an NFL player and Dan has you in his DFS lineup, that should be your top priority. You play through an injury. I don't care if your legs are falling off. You get Dan those fantasy points, damn it. Um, yeah, Mitch, Dan didn't bring him up, and I'm actually – I think I'm reading your mind right now. I kind of like Michael Pittman here in 2020. His, his uptick in routes run, and who else are they going to throw to? T.Y. Hilton? Phillip Rivers doesn't want to throw the ball deep. And yes, I do like Mo'Ally Cox, Jack Doyle, if he's healthy. And I saw, oh, what was the tweet? It said something like number of games with X amount of targets, Jack Doyle. And I think it was J.J. Zacharyson that tweeted Yeah, that was a good tweet. Jack Doyle, 30, Mo'Ally Cox, one. And then it said number of 100-yard games in their career. I never realized Jack Doyle never hit 100 yards. And Mo'Ally Cox did it in his first game with X amount of targets. But I I do kind of like Michael Pittman here. Paris Campbell, I've seen people talk about his profile and his metrics and measurables and all the good stuff from college, breakout age, college dominator, and I'm going to trust them. He's not going to be somebody that I'm going after. With Pittman, John, I'll ask you this. So everyone who has Pittman now knows Campbell is out, so his price is going to increase a little bit. Are you still going to be willing to go out and acquire him, or is this just if you already have him on your team, you're a little bit happier. Are you actually willing to go out and acquire him for, you know, a little bit more than what it was last week? This probably, it might be a situation where if somebody has him, but they're considered, if they're considering themselves a win now team and they might not see him as that win now piece for some reason, maybe I could do, you know, an Edelman for a Michael Pittman plus a little something. If I'm not a contender, but again, we talk about my dynasty teams. I'm always a contender. There's no doubt in my mind. Oh, no, I've seen some of them, man. <laughs> I, could, I could be 0-13 and I, I'd say I'm that's a contender. But, I, you know, I, like your, I like your take on Pittman, JB. That, that's the approach I would go to try to obtain Michael Pittman. Um, you know, I, I love Pittman. He was my preseason boy. Uh, I think he's got a bright future. But to Mitch's take, uh, Philip Rivers right now, man, I'm not really – I wasn't a fan of his wet noodle last year. I'm not a fan of it this year. And I watched the game. He, he, it took everything he had to get one deep to, to T.Y. Hilton. And unfortunately, Hilton dropped it. That's a, another one I could vent about. But I, I am concerned about Rivers. So I think this year you got to temper your expectations where you're going to get out of Pittman. He's still developing, too. So you got a developing guy with a wet noodle arm quarterback. Um, but the future does look bright. So for the right price, JB, you know, veteran guy that you're willing to part with, I, I'd go that route. For the most part, though, Mitch, uh, Michael Pittman, he's going to be a guy that I'm happy I have on my roster, but 99% of the time, I'm probably not going to pay up because most smart dynasty owners, and I always say this, we play in a lot of leagues with a lot of smart people. I, I don't tell them that to their face. You can't build their egos up too much. You have to keep that mental leverage, but very smart people, and they're not going to move on from Michael Pittman. And guys, I, we would be remiss if we didn't bring up Michael Pittman's dad played in the NFL. He's got that freaking pedigree. And Dan, for all the people not watching live on YouTube, Dan just flex that muscle over there because Dan is all about people if they have that NFL pedigree. Hey, Michael Pittman senior fans, they know they know his biceps, man. Yeah, I'm not yeah, I'm not quite there, but you know. All right. Very quickly before we move on, this is a question from Owen again. Is Hines, Naheem Hines, not not Nakeem, as I said on fantasy football confidential last week. Is Naheem Hines' fantasy irrelevant going forward? Game script. He's what you have every past year with Naheem Hines. He's a third down back that on occasion he's going to get you some PPR points, but I wouldn't expect anything more than that. 
I would say in Dynasty, if you have the opportunity, move him after he pops. I saw a tweet from somebody and I was engaging in a conversation and we talked about Naheem Hines for a second after week one. And I said, if you're not a contender, I absolutely love that. If you're a contender and that might be a late second and you need that extra piece, sure. But now I'm completely shifting. If you can get a second, get a second for Naheem Hines. I wouldn't be looking to acquire him. So Owen, long-winded answer short, I would say look to get out. Uh, and cheers to you as well. All right, Jets wide receivers, because they are mangled just like the 49ers. Mitch, what are your thoughts? So it's kind of funny because it fits right in with the Colts. You want the slot wide receiver in that offense. If it's Jameson Crowder, you want Jameson Crowder. If it's not, you want Braxton Berrios, who I brought up multiple times. Mitch, I am raising my voice, but this is not me yelling. I'm demanding that you take your victory lap because – I can provide the chat. I can provide the screenshot on Twitter. You talked about Braxton Berrios heading into week two. And then, you know, I had a little bit of wine going on. Was that Friday, Saturday? And I said, drop your start, sit questions. And everybody, very serious questions. You said Chris Hogan or Braxton Berrios. I said Chris Hogan. But yes, you want the slot receiver in that Jets offense. You do. And if anyone wants to bring up Herndon right now, I'd be like, well, what about Herndon? So Dwayne McFarland, his handle is Context Matters on Twitter, came out and pointed out that he is blocking more than every other starting tight end at the league, and he's blocking for 36% of passing plays. I mean, if you get that out of a tight end, and tight ends are so like tight end dependent anyways, like Herndon's not playable. He's Gronk for me at this point, which is funny because people were bumping him up all offseason right to like that tight end 12, tight end 11, trying to get him in the top 10. Now he's hardly roster, rosterable at this point. Dan, besides Jamison Crowder, is there any interest here in any receiver in New York? The entire New York Jets football team is dead to me. Just done. Just that, like, what week does Adam Gase get fired? It is a sinking, sunken ship. I think, you know, Mitch, he had a good take in the offseason. I mean, Crowder is a piece of the offense. Mitch got him at a good value, you know, has his shares. But, I mean, again, it's it's really just a role player system of the offense. You know, the slot guy is going to get some catches. But I still want to be excited in Dynasty. Again, you know, Mitch, Mitch can't go wrong with his Crowder shares because he got him at the right price. He's not here saying Jameson Crowder is going to, you know, win your, your league. He's a piece to the roster. But I'm done with the Jets, man. Mitch, let me ask you a question because I actually have thought about this because just like you and I – I bow down to you because I bought into this because you preached about it, but I have a lot of Jamison Crowder and he's at the top. We've talked about dynasty planet. We've talked about the sticky board. And if you have, I would say at least five dynasty rosters, utilize one of those sites. There are so many great things that you can pull from there. It talks about your roster ship. You can see where you have certain players started. If they're injured, if you're if they're in your starting lineup, I actually found three players Sunday morning that I didn't know they were in my starting lineups, and I was able to pull them out. But use one of those sites. But Mitch, let me ask you a question. You're not a contender. What would it take for you to move Jamison Crowder? Like you, I know we're only two weeks in, but there is no way you're contending this year. It would have to be the issue. So here's the issue with my with wide receivers for me, right? Anyone in the Jamison Crowder range is hardly valued in the first place. And so if I was going to say, hey, yeah, I'll go out and I'll trade him for Preston Williams. I Preston Williams next year is going to be valued the same as Jameson Crowder is next year as well. So in that range, I would rather just stay at my really highly um, rostered Crowder sh- shares. And then go into next year, I'll feel okay about it too. Because like I've said before, like Dan brought up, when you get these wide receivers in the 12th and 13th round, I don't care if I have them on all my teams because all my 13th rounders can just be out of the league next year. It's fine. It doesn't really affect my winning percentage at all. I I, I like that. I think it's really well put. And Dan, before we move on, rapid fire, we just got a question. Is it time to sell Sam Darnold? Owen fears that... Uh, Mr. Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence will end up as a New York Jet next year. 
I mean, Jets are at a crossroads here because they've wasted away all Sam Darnold's, you know, I said good rapid. Con- good I contract said, years. I said rapid. Well, I don't know what you're going to get for Sam Darnold. Like, I, I almost think you Agreed. just hang on to him and let the Jets rebuild an event and see what happens. I mean, if you can get something good, sell away, but I don't know what you're going to get. Mitch? Yeah, I was offered actually a really good trade that involved Darnold, and I just couldn't accept it because I don't want to take that ongoing next year. I just, Darnold is someone I'm not willing to have on my teams right now. And I honestly do believe, though, that if they would go Trevor Lawrence, Sam Darnold will find himself a job because he actually is, I think he is a very good quarterback. And it's just, that is a very bad situation. So if Trevor Lawrence goes to the Jets, I think it might be rough sledding for him, at least in year one over there in the Meadowlands. Uh, Will Fuller, Mitch, overall thoughts here? Be happy you got him for cheap because, I mean, this is just, we knew this is what it was going to be with him. You wait till he's healthy and then you play him. It's just, he's DFS guy for me. I don't have him on any teams. Here's the thing though. He did play in week two. He did. Yep. I had him. Goose egg. And I think Dan might've played him because Dan's rubbing his forehead. (laughs) Dan pulls out the tissues. I think he's a little upset again. (sighs) Yeah. That goose egg hurt, man. Dynasty DFS. You know, there's certain spots I had him. Uh, He's just made a glass. It's almost like Corey Davis. I just feel like this. You know, here we go again feeling now week one, he got a ton of targets. He was on the field. He looked like their number one guy. He was a guy we were high on in the offseason with Hopkins gone. He, you know, he's technically their number one, but you got to temper your expectations. Um, uh, I don't feel really good about my Will Fuller shares right now. I'm not really feeling great about the Texans either. It's just something's missing in that offense. Maybe it's said, like DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know. But Brandon Cook's actually offensive line. Who knows? Yeah. We're a head coach. Deshaun Watson, I love the guy, but he's going to get killed back there. Yeah. Um, all right, last one, Michael Thomas. Uh, is he going to be out a few weeks? We're not really sure. But we also talked about Drew Brees. He's not the Drew Brees of years past. So, Mitch, what are your thoughts here on Michael Thomas in Dynasty? Trade him if you can. I have him in like three leagues, and I'm just starting to send out offers right now. I'm like, because he's close enough to coming back to where people will be willing to trade for him. And I didn't really like his startup price to begin with, but there was just some startups to where he was there, and I felt like I had to take him. And now I'm to the point to where there's a lot of guys I'd be willing to like. So, okay, I'll ask Dan this. You're offered Hopkins right now straight up for Michael Thomas. Would you take it? Yes, I want I want Hopkins. Yep, me too. You know, because I want Kyler Murray. I want that Arizona offense. I, I, I'm not feeling confident in Drew Brees in New Orleans right now. But don't get me wrong. I, I love Mike Thomas. I just think his price is, in flight, is inflated. All right, I, thought, me, I thought, thought it was going into the year. Let me throw this out to both of you. And I know there's no way of doing this. But let's say it is absolutely guaranteed the 101 in a 12-team Superflex League in 2021 – do you take that guaranteed 101 or Michael Thomas, Mitch? 14 team, yes, because I want to have the quarterback. And if it's 12 team, no, because I don't like the running backs this year. Dan? I agree. Again, Michael Thomas is still a superstar. There's nothing I don't not like about Michael Thomas. It's kind of like Nuke. You know, everyone was a little nervous him going to Arizona. Don't be nervous about an elite wide receiver going to a good offense. Um, I just. I like Michael Thomas. It's interesting, too, this week. The Green Bay doctor is going to value that. They're playing Green Bay. The Green Bay doctor is going to evaluate him to see if he could go this week. So that's a one to watch and see how it evolves. Uh, but I'm with Mitch. One-on-one and a 14. Man, give me that first-round pick for the quarterback. Uh, 12 team, you know, I want Michael Thomas. But, you know, JB, we want to compete. So I still want Michael Thomas. I'm just a little higher right now on Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. And it's so tough because we've seen so many leagues where – Michael Thomas is on the block, and it's so tough to move him. You don't get an offer. No, it's so tough. One, because wide receiver, there is that depth. Am I going to pay up for a Michael Thomas or get my guy Calvin Ridley? You know, it's get my guy over here, Devontae Adams. I, I, I don't know. You know, so it's all league dependent. And if you start two or three wide receivers, but it's, it's been really tough sledding for people trying to move Michael Thomas. And I know that people are getting frustrated. I've, I've been there. I know it's very tough to move those high end 
wide receivers. And Dan, if I, if I just add, like what I don't like is when a guy has a big year, like Michael Thomas did last year, or Chris Godwin did last year. I never want to pay what te- teams are asking for him because the odds of them doing that again the next year is slim to none. And we've seen that in the past. Julio's had monster years. Nuke had top monster years. Devontae Adams has monster years. They're great, but don't overpay for him. Odell, Juju. I mean, Juju's Keep the going, best example right? of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Dan, we're going to start with you. Final thoughts. What do you have for our listeners? A crazy week two is in the books. We're heading into week three. What do you got? I'm just going to piggyback a little bit off of Mitch's final thoughts, whether it was last week or the week before. It is only week three. I don't care if your team is 0-2. It doesn't mean you're going to rebuild now. You know, out of all my rosters, I have one or two 0-2 lineups, and some of them just played some teams that scored a boatload of points, man. So, you know, I want to see this out. All you have to do is get in the playoffs, get in the dance, and you have a chance. So don't hit the panic button yet. Uh, Dynasty owners, please be a little bit more patient than what we're seeing on Twitter and in our group chats. And um, shameless plug, Thursday night DFS and the money. Give a listen, guys. And you guys just heard my man Dan Lamont finish 500-something out of 200,000, whatever. But listen to that show because it very insightful. And Mitch, I didn't know that we had a poet on the show, but uh, give it a chance, get in the dance. He's like freaking Dr. Seuss over there. All right, Mitch, what do you have for our listeners? I'm just going to say, like, is everyone seen who's in Dynasty Leagues? It's trade time right now. So when you go and update your trade bait, don't put Adrian Peterson and LaShawn McCoy on there. Put people that other owners want to come over and acquire. That's going to get it done. And people are constantly updating it. And there's people who just put crap on there and you don't look at them. There's people that put good players. You're like, oh, Kenyon Drake's up. I'm going to go trade for him. I'm never going to see someone put Adrian Peterson and Marcus Mario to be like, you know what? That's who I want to go trade with right now. Put players that people are interested in. No, Again, just like Mitch said, nobody wants Marcus Mariota on the trade bait. And my final thought for tonight, this fantasy community is absolutely incredible. Go out. I am, I'm asking you, make a donation. The link is below. If you're watching on YouTube, it is in the episode description. If you are listening to the podcast feed, the fantasy community does such a great job of banding together. And I don't think there's going to be a person in the fantasy community that had more of a positive impact and interactions. He was a very good friend of the show. We, you know, especially Mitch and I, we DM'd him. We talked to him quite often. Uh, James Katolis, you know, make a donation, get on that link, and we're going to be doing some great giveaways and, you know, put yourself in in that situation. You would want people to step up and help your family out. That's all I'm saying. And Mitch and Dan, I told you guys before we got on the air, you know, I'm not one to shy away and, and think, oh, you know, I don't want to get emotional. I'll be as emotional as I want to be, so I don't care. All right, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Stay safe, be kind to each other, and have a great night.